Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Black Fans Fans with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Man like Mo, all day, every day. What you know about that? Yeah. Man's out here. Yeah. The furnace out here. Full furnace out here. Yeah. Let's go. Let's Come go. On. Let's go. Yeah. Peter might not be able to talk too much because he's, his throat has been <laughs> through some things lately. <laughs> <laughs> That leaves a lot to their imagination, boy. <laughs> that leaves a lot to their imagination. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Man like the throat goat. Oh, dear Lord. My ton, uh, tonsillitis. Tonsillitis, please. Tonsillitis, that's all. Mm. But what causes tonsillitis, Peter? Sorry? What are you, what are you doing to, to aggravate your tonsils? That's the real question. I don't know. I don't know how people get tonsillitis. All I know is I, I have tonsillitis. Like, I, like, I feel like Robert's been waiting to get these. I know, in. I know, right? No, 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 no. I, I, I thought there was some compassion there. Nothing. It's unnecessary nonsense. Bro, why, why, why would you think? Why would you think compassion when when you told us his response be um that must have been hard to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> And I was actually still in pain at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, we is here today. Come on. We kings. All right. Should we get into it? Let's. 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 I think Moses is in the hot seat this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I've got a quick question. Yes. Um, how do you guys feel doing about? Uh, how do you guys feel about another quick react thing but just Moses yeah yeah cool let's do this let's do All this right. I should have I should have uh, I should have lined this up better do you want to ask my question first whilst you get that ready no because I'm super slick with it and I'm already ready as One, always two, come on three what do you mean? Why are you just waiting for you and nothing's happening. I want to see how your seconds will take. What's going happen? Yo, relax with that, man. Um, cool. <coughs> Can you guys see? Oh, that's too much. That's... Hey, everybody's favorite pastor. <laughs> I feel like that's too much, isn't it? That's too much. Um... Can't you just make the video full screen? Oh, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Do you guys still use Twitter? This was on Twitter, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I shared it. It was on Twitter. And I still use Twitter, yeah. I've I moved don't. away from Instagram. I've, I've reactivated my thing because I was applying for stuff, but yeah. yeah. I may so, deactivate Twitter because yeah. Twitter is reckless. So um, I've got a twofold question. First mm-hmm. one is, I want to hear your reaction to this, which is something you shared in our mm-hmm. in our WhatsApp group over the week. Um, I want to hear your reaction, and then following your reaction, I may or may not have a second follow up okay. question. So, okay. And it was spread to them. We don't make it rain on booty cheeks. We don't make it rain on strippers. We only reverence one stripper. And that's the one that took off glory to put on <laughs> humanity and then get butt naked on a cross to die for both you and me. The only stripper I'm in love with is Jesus. And he's the one that puts that bread in my pocket. That bread in my pocket. From heaven. All right. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, your thoughts, please. Um, I, I do really vibe with the statement you made in that it's being provocative. Um... But the question is, to what end? Mm. Um, question. I feel like, yeah. 
do you think that they are purposely being provocative or do you think that that they're just or they feel like they're just going outside the box with their analogies and their demonstrations and this 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 is what i was going to say um with analogies with communication in general there is a difference between having a conversation and and communicating on mass like with me having a conversation with you two nah, let's listen like when it's the full furnace the conversation in as much as it's the exact same people the conversation flows slightly differently than if it's smash brothers heavy hitters or the rock and the rock and rock like however however like with whatever group of people kind of come together the conversation flows slightly differently there are stuff there are things that kind of are teased out and things that we kind of bounce off of in conversation that if i was preaching even though you two may be in a congregation it, it still will not be appropriate to address everyone in the same way mm. just by virtue of relationship and conversation and just how personal the conversation is i wouldn't find much issue with that in a conversation mm. because there's a lot more relational it's, it's, it's a conversation it's, it's a it's dialogue and so people can either like chip in but when you're speaking on mass like that and speaking about strippers and like making it rain and this and that you for the most part are not aware of everyone's context are not aware of how everyone is going to take that you're trying to be provocative but at the expense of um harming someone's faith mm. especially with that analogy what if someone had a porn addiction is very common even in the church what if someone is struggling with porn has a porn addiction and now you're talking about making it rain on booty cheeks bro your mind has gone somewhere different mm. just off of that one reference mm. like it doesn't take much and it's it's very much a case of paul is like yo when you're speaking let your words be edifying do not let anything distasteful kind of come out of your mouth in a conversation there is a lot more room for to maneuver that but in a public discourse, I feel like not that you should rein yourself in, but you should be mindful. You should be more mindful in what you say. And so that's why I'm like, you're be he's being provocative, but to what extent? At what what uh, at what ex, uh, expense? Because my thing is, as I said, I wouldn't find an issue with that if it was in, if it was in conversation. He's got a podcast where he's talking. And most of the stuff that he say is it's along the same lines, mm. but that's dialogue. Mm. That's dialogue. He's speaking to someone, but when you're speaking to a congregation, I, f I feel like there's there's a different there's a different um, not requirement, but uh, it's a different medium, different yeah. responsibility considerations that you need to take. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to uh, Ruslan's channel and he mm. he had a couple guys on and they were talking about this. And he was like, so if I, I, I you know, as, as I said, I, I'm on the same page as you are here. Um, but if, if that's the case and there is not necessarily a line drawn with this analogy, what about this example? So he's like, what if I say, oh, no matter the kind of crap I give him, he just flushes it away. Jesus is my favorite toilet. <laughs> is that acceptable as well? <laughs> or is it? Yeah. Everyone uses the toilet, so it is. <laughs> it's relatable. <laughs> it is relatable. It is relatable. But I feel like, and this this is almost where reverence. Yeah. Yeah. My my mind goes to reverence. Yeah. Because a toilet 
isn't something in, in an analogy yes like same arguably the same function um but practically a hard no is not the same function and that's that's the issue with any analogy it 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 only works up to a certain degree some analogies are better than others but you can poke holes in every every analogy even biblical analogies you can you can poke holes in it if you really want to um but my my thing would really f- go back to reverence yeah. like yo do, do you recognize that you're speaking about the lord of lords and the, like the god of gods and the lord yeah. of lords yeah. do you recognize now it's like yes stripper at least the stripper's a person Imago Dei, made in the image of God, is redeemable. Like, Jesus died for this person, this and that, but a toilet. My, my thing with the stripper even was because it was also a play on words on stripping yes. of divinity. Yes. So yes. he being a stripper isn't the same. He's a stripper in the same sense. It's, yes. oh no, these two words are yes. the same, meaning very different things. He yes. strips off his divinity to die for us. This one strips off her clothes. To make it rain, you know. Make it so, rain on that booty cheek. Yeah, yeah. I, I think reverence and, is the thing there, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've heard a similar song from a guy called Evangel. This is a very old song, where he's like, "I'm in love with a stripper." And when I first heard it, I was very new to Christianity, and I was just like, "It just didn't sit right with me." It's like I just I, I'd see what you're saying, but not too long ago. I was listening to T-Pain, Love of a Stripper. Like, it, mm, d- d- too close, too close, too close. And later on, not saying that this this was like a, a forecast or whatever, but Evangel went on to make a diss track against Lecrae. <laughs> and I'm like, rah, are we in Christ? We're making diss tracks now, yeah? And this was after um, Church Clothes 1 came out. He didn't like it so much that he made a diss track against him. Um, so I was just like, yeah, okay. Mm. Um, there was some, yeah, there was something there. So for me, especially with the toilet one, I'm like reverence. Yeah. Like, you know, respect, respect, respect the God you're, you're talking about. Yeah. But I also know that reverence, some people may, different people take it to different levels. Mm. Like some, you know, if you say, oh my God, <gasps> you're using your Lord's name in vain. I'm just like, yo, chill out, chill out. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm using the lowercase G, not the top G. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, cool. So I know that cool. reverence, yeah, that. it's reverence can be, it's a moving target based mm. on um, perspective and blah, blah, blah. But toilet for me is, is, is crossing the line. I'm just like, yeah, nah, I'm not on it. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um, and I'm happy with that. I think that makes sense. Cool. My question, Moses, um, hmm? it's based on a verse in the Bible where Jesus is like, um, depart from me, I never knew you. Jesus said that. Mm. Right? Mm. So I've been thinking about that verse, right? So if you're a Christian and you live your life, you go to... You got you. You going to get judged? And Jesus said, "I never knew you." Does that mean that through all everything that you did whilst you were alive, all the prayers that you prayed, prayers that got answered, and all of that, Jesus wasn't with you in any of that? Or if, let's say, you like straight off the path for a bit, and then you died, does that become the cutoff point for when Jesus didn't know you? Mm. Does that so, make sense? Yeah, yeah, and this this is dipping into into um, Calvinistic theology. Um, so I I do believe in perseverance of the saints. Um, it's not a clear cut, um, black and white situation. Nothing faith wise is as black and white as theology will try to present it. But um, I do believe that um, has Peter frozen. No, he hasn't. I do believe that... um, Taking notes. I do believe that if you... 
if you're truly born again um, and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, you have like your very nature has been changed. Um, you're the stone of, of, of the man said the stone of heart, the heart of stone has been changed to a heart of flesh. And you have been, you were once dead in sin, but you've been made, you've been made alive in Christ. And in as much as you, we, we're constantly tempted by sin and you may drift back into a life of sin. But I do believe that the, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit will continually be there. I do know that there is a there is a school of theology that believes that you can quench the spirit to the point of losing your salvation. Um, but I, I do believe I do hold on to the the belief that my salvation isn't based on anything that I can do. It is a free gift. It, it is by God's grace received by faith. Um, and yeah, even faith is a gift as one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Um, so I say all of that and I'm not explaining it properly, but I say all of that to say, I believe that even if you backslide and you're living in a lifestyle of sin, if God's hand is upon you, um, there will be some sort of redemption. I don't know how that's going to play out. And it isn't necessarily a a get out clause to say, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm safe. I'm just going to go live my life of sin. I do believe if you have that perspective, then that reveals an unrepentant heart to be like, I've I've been given God's spirit. So now I can go live a life of sin and I'll still go to heaven. Because like by nature of you being given God's spirit, um, your very taste buds have been changed and are being changed. And so sin won't taste the same for you anymore. There will be conviction. There will be things you don't you don't want to do. So, if you die in sin, um, if you were a Christian, I believe that there will be some sort of repentance or whatever, um, or something that God would do. But in terms of the statement of "I never knew you," I believe that speaks more directly to those who um, displayed an outward who had an outward appearance of faith without the inward conviction of who Jesus is. So without that relational element. And so that's why Jesus said um, in, in the passage, Jesus was like, they will say to me, didn't we cast out spirits? Didn't we prophesy? Didn't we do all of these things? And I will say to you, depart from me. I never knew you. You did the works that I called my children to do, but you weren't actually in fellowship with me. To be known by God is to have communion with him, is to be endured by his spirit. And this also shows how um, God will be willing to move on behalf of his people, even through unbelievers. He is willing to turn up and to show himself strong, even through the lips of unbelievers. We have seen him show up even through a donkey but you don't want to be that donkey. Mm -hmm. Just because God can use a donkey doesn't mean go make yourself a donkey. No, he's, he's made you in his image. And for me, that is a, that's a scary position to be in because it's like, yo, you can prophesy, you can, you can like preach, you can do, you can worship, you can do all of these things, but these external displays does not, um, guarantee or even reveal an internal conviction. It shows more of God's willingness to reach people rather than your submission to him. Hmm. And that's, that's the very tense line. Um, there was a time when I was in uni, man like Ayo, if he's listening, shout out man like Ayo. Um, we had seen this, um, um, this clip of a preacher who can you not? Yeah, can you not hear me? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. My uh-huh. AirPods just connected to my thing, but there was this preacher who was running crusades and blah blah blah, and people were coming, they were being healed, doing all of these things, and he was like that video was of him being exposed as a fraud. So he was telling about how he would go on primetime radio 
at like in the afternoon where he knows that a lot of old women will be listening to it. And then he'll be like, in the middle of the interview, he'll be like, oh, I'm getting a message from God. There's an old lady who's really trusting in God to come through for his, her situation. God is saying that you have um, your savings in a money jar on top of your, your fridge. Invest that savings into this ministry and you'll see him come through for you. And he's like, by virtue of him being on prime time, he knows that there is at least like a hundred old women who have money in their jars on top of their fridge. So all of them are going to be thinking, oh, God's speaking to me. All those that will think, oh, money in your jar on top of your fridge is a parable for the money in the Yes, <laughs> yes. And then it cut to a crusade that he was doing. Worship was popping. People were being healed. And then it just cuts to this guy in his room, counting money, singing worship songs. And he's like, this is all I'm after. And Ayo was like, yo, like, are these people actually being healed? And I was like, I, I do believe that they are because I believe that God will honor the faith of his people, even if the leader is faithless. Mm. And that's, that's what I kind of see him at play in that passage, whereas like God will honor the faith of the people, even if the leaders are faithless. Um, sons of Sceva. They were casting out demons until they met that demon that beat them up. So they had some success. They got gassed. Two twos, they got tumped up by a demon. So it's like, yeah, for me, it's very much. But who are you? Bro, imagine that. You're trying to cast out a demon, and the demon's like, who are you? Hmm. Also, no, (laughs) why? It's like, so yeah, my, my thing is. Um, because of that, I am less and less moved by external manifestations of quote unquote the spirit and more moved by um, a, like a witness of, of sanctification, a life dedicated to God, this and that, which is seen over a longer period of time. Because, um, yeah, even in Ghana, there were pastors who would go go get some juju and then have it in the on the pulpit and, and then they'll be preaching and they'll be, they'll be like miracles and signs so just because you see man busting miracles and signs don't mean that it's from god pharaoh's magicians did the same things yeah. Yeah. so yeah for me that's the context is more so um outward appearance as opposed to inward conviction for that passage so okay. yeah, if if your conviction is there, even if you died backslidden, that conviction is still there. Um, but you could be doing all the manifestations of the spirit and die and still be like, yo, I never knew you. Yeah. I never knew who you were. Um, Did you know me? No, you didn't. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. I'm happy with that. All right. <clears throat> Topic for today. Don't really have a topic topic, so I'm just gonna flow and see where it takes us. Um, I did see something this 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 week that I thought was interesting. So you know we all know about Gen Z, right? Mm. Apparently Gen Gen A is coming up next. So they just start looping back to the top, yeah? Yeah. Gen Alpha. So it says anyone born between 2010 and 2024. 20, That's Gen A, Gen Alpha, baby. And it said that they are the, the first generation born into a fully digital world. It's mm. crazy to think about. And every time like I was, when I was in my old church, I'd just be seeing these kids just be swiping on the phones, knowing how to unlock it, knowing how to go to YouTube, all of this stuff. The same skills that we learned when phones were coming out in like around uni times. They're learning that two, two, three years old. What do you mean around uni times? No, and what I mean is that the te- technology only came out around that time. Do you know what I mean? So, 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 so like, so, like the first proper smartphones. No, no, but the first proper smartphones came out around uni. 
No. Nah, nah, nah. nah. Okay, do you know what? Do you know what? I feel like yeah. in it in its because current iteration with the like, 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 like proper smartphones like this came out around uni. Because before because it was Blackberries in uni. But Blackberries were smartphones. No, but it's it's not a smartphone like this though. Like I'm I'm talking like full screen smartphone. Okay, okay, okay. I get, I get what you mean in this sort of iteration because yeah. you have your sort of your PDAs and your mobile computers that were also a thing, you know, yes. like the Palm Prees and yes. uh, Simon. I think IBM yeah. had a version of so those ones, but those weren't ex- those weren't like strictly phones. They were like PDAs and like yeah, hence why so. I said smartphones. Okay, Fun. all right, all right, cool, cool, carry on. Thanks, Peter. Thanks. <laughs> So the same way we were in our You're early existence. No, because I'm right and the righteous will be protected. Can I get him in? <laughs> anyway, these kids are learning to do a, a, a two or three what we were learning in our 20s because the technology was not there for us to learn about it before that. You happy with that, Peter? It's not, it's not entirely true. This is a problem. It's not true. No. How's it not true? Because, like, of all the stuff that smartphones allow us to do, we were doing. Like, I was doing, not in my 20s, I was doing it in Ghana. What are you talking about? I was doing it in, like, 16, 17, you know. We didn't have you, access to... But using the, your phone to go on YouTube in Ghana? Kind of, it was very very slow, but yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't. It, I mean, it wasn't YouTube. No, it wasn't YouTube. But it was super slow. CDMA stuff. Yeah. No, I said YouTube. I said YouTube. <laughs> Peter, ask the question. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm I'm asking. You know, YouTube didn't exist. My, my man's going so all no. around. going all around the block. When the question is the, what the question is. YouTube didn't exist, so no. Wow, this guy will do anything he, he can not to ask the question that's been. I said no. <laughs> No, you, you didn't. You I didn't. No. I said YouTube didn't exist, so no. Okay. Anyway, so the new tech, the new generation is coming up. Yeah. They're born with tech, technology in their hands. Uh, AI is, is is on the come up. Technology is is being more and more integrated into the world at, at a rate that is maybe a bit too fast for us to keep up with. Mm. I, at this point, the alien, the, the, no, not, not the aliens, the robots will, will probably take over us in the next 30, 40 years, the way things are going. Um, so, yeah, how do, we, how do we keep our faith in a world where technology seems to be able to do so much more um, with every passing day? I mean, technology is writing sermons right now, boy. Yeah, and winning art competitions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think I saw in America they they've opened a fully automated McDonald's, so there's no staff; it's just machines. That's I interesting. Think, I think. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Who, who are you gonna complain to if a machine gets some order wrong? Have you watched Elysium? Elysium is is yes with with, with is it Matt, Matt Damon? Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was that exact same situation where Matt Damon was trying to explain to an AI a machine that you know he he did something wrong or he he didn't he he did an offense but he had like a very very good explanation for the offense but obviously the the machine's not coded to take to make any considerations other than you did A therefore B. And it's yeah. just, it's kind of sad to see. Um, it's like, I said no ketchup. It's like, do you want to make a new order? Or do you want to... <laughs> um, but it, I think, I think we are, we're still in the early days. What we have isn't really AI. It's not really um, creating something new. It's doing very advanced pattern recognition and very advanced word assembly. But it's not really. It's not. It's not. It's not as Skynet as media makes it sound. If that makes sense. Um, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, but it has no. <laughs> it I, has. I, I, I tried to go to Chat um, GBT to ask um, for a topic for today, and 
Wasn't Can you not, well. please? <laughs> I'm learning how to like because it's it's like it's actually like it's it's like producing art. Yeah, but it's all it's doing is taking existing art and sort of recognizing the patterns and then pushing them together, which you could argue is what we which do. Is what, art, what art is? Yes, <laughs> but then when 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 an artist does it, they infuse something new. All this is doing mm. is just making a new permutation of but what is, exists. But it, is it producing something new or is it producing something based on the artist's experience in life? No, because, for instance, you're saying if, if a prompt would be make a Picasso-styled picture of Leicester Square, right? And it's mm-hmm. looking, okay, Picasso is looking Leicester Square and then it's looking at Every, I mean, again, we're we're talking ridiculously large amount of data, but it's looking at Picasso, 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 because okay, this is how Picasso does his things. Leicester Square, Leicester Square, Leicester Square. Okay, this is what Leicester Square looks like. This is what Leicester Square would look like if I use this particular way of drawing that Picasso does, and then spits it out at you. Now it's happening fairly fast, and it's doing it over a super large amount of data, which again, both of those things are not necessarily things that we'd be able to do. But it's not necessarily creating something new. It's but not then, AI but, but then, in the way that we're saying AI. But 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 how would that be different if you told the human to create Leicester Square in a Picasso style? Because you're still yeah. using the Picasso it, style it, and you're still, you're still using Leicester Square. Yeah, yeah. But then the difference with a human being is the imperfection. Is it not being truly Picasso style because you've been exposed to however many, I mean, you could expose yourself to all of Picasso style, fine. In your doing it, your muscle, your sinew, you are, you are infusing an aspect of you in as much as you're trying to produce an impression of someone else. And that in and of itself creates a uniqueness that then means your, your Picasso style will be different from my Picasso style. Because, you know, we're both doing impressions of something, but then are doing an impression. Same way you look at an impression of uh, Jay Farrow doing an impression of someone versus, I don't know, some other impressionist doing an impression of someone. You know, it's it ends up being there's still an element of uniqueness because that individual becomes a vessel through which that's coming. But all this is doing is removing that. And arguably, and that's what is impressive about it. I'm not trying to trivialise it, but... It is just taking what already exists. It's not. Mm. It's 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 nothing new. New. The other problem is it has no relationship with the truth. Like I I asked I asked ChatGPT to, I think I asked it to suggest best um, courses for um, prompt engineering. It came up with URLs. Like it came up with it. Like it literally came up with URLs. Like oh, AI for this at this.com and I was like that URL doesn't exist it's a 404 and it's like oh I'm not it, it gives it's, it's been you know obviously they've built in some apologies I was like to apologise is to it's imply regret do you feel regret <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I'm programmed to do this I was like yeah but it's 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 fairly primitive it's the point I'm making it's fairly primitive it's not as advanced as we think it, it's it is um and I think the other thing is sorry I'm I'm hogging the stage but the other thing is we have always moved technology has always been since the time they wrote it in advancement and thus I don't think it's any it's really any different now than it was you know, in the early church, you know, yeah. or it was when Bibles first got translated, or it was when Bibles first got digitized. You know, it, it's yeah, it's it's yeah. always been a forward trajectory. And the beauty of the Christian faith is we are working towards perfection. Not, I don't say in the past, but we're working towards a perfect point that remains still. I mean, it remains perfect. Whereas everything else is threatened by progress because progress might reveal you are wrong. You know, one one guy wins a Nobel Prize for proving one point and his son wins a Nobel Prize for disproving him. I forget who it is. But, you know, science is always trying to find something new. A slap, new. my child. A slap, my child. <laughs> 
what faith is saying is the original the perfect one has already been set or if you're going to say eden was a perfect point fine that was set we're trying to go back to that arguably we're trying to go better than that but we are heading towards a predefined point that's not going to change if that makes Mm. sense and so i think the faith isn't shouldn't be threatened if your faith ends up being threatened then maybe you need to work on your doctrine but I don't. I don't think we're. I don't think we're any. Yeah. Anything. I do. I do like the point that Peter made, and that um, with every step in advancement, there have been traditionalists who have been like, "No, we shouldn't move from here. This is it." Um, and there have been some who have embraced the move of uh, of technology and have. There's been iterations of everything. When we look at creativity, um, we've gone from drawings on a wall in caves to 4k high definition films on a movie screen hmm. like there's been that whole trajectory and at, and at every stage i'm sure that there has been um pushback when people were painting and photography came there was pushback and then as photography is like advanced there's been pushback um there's been pushback film from to theater digital. to film yeah. yep there's been pushback at every stage but those who were able to go along with the advancements have been able to stay ahead of the curb. Let's look at Netflix and Blockbuster, like prime example within our life, within our um, lifespan. Even if we look at something like Woolworths and Amazon, like your Woolworths used to be the spot back in the day. And again, Blockbuster used to be the spot back in the day. Now both of them are gone because they weren't able to kind of keep up with the trajectory of of technology now i don't particularly feel like the church is going to die out because it's not keeping up with the trajectory of technology because the church is a massive thing and there are pockets that are kind of keeping up and blah 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 this and that unfortunately some churches who weren't able to transition to zoom for example during lockdown may not have may not be in the exact same place and position but in just keeping up with with the trajectory of technology ensures that people remain fed spiritually, they remain connected, like community is still there. Um, but also, one thing that I keep I've, I've heard a lot in, in a podcast, and I really I really agree with it, is the future of humanity is a race to vulnerability, is a race to be to embrace your humanity a lot more. We can't compete with AI on brain power, on computing power, like being able to instantly um, analyze a mass of data and spit out information. We can't compete there. But a, a robot cannot compete with being human. With, with the mass of chemical stuff that's kind of happening, the new, like, it, it just can't compete with that. Um, now, and even, even emotionally, there you could, you could argue that there could be like an algorithm that can mimic emotions and blah, blah, blah. But there, there, there are things like micro expressions and just, just the, like, bro, God made humanity. We are made in the image of God. No robot is going to be able to mimic that regardless of how impressive the technology may become, I do not believe that man can create something in the image of God to the standard that God has created. And so if we embrace our humanity, I don't believe that we have anything to worry about um, eternally from AI. We may have to worry like on earth, if we get like a Terminator type situation, <clears throat> or oh, iRobot or them things there. Um, but eternally, I don't believe that. And I do believe it's a race to, to vulnerability in that what actually makes us human, what um, the, the um, mirror neurons and the connectivity and empathy, like these things kind of will remain um, something that I don't believe AI will be able to replicate. Mm. How do you see yourself um, interacting with, with, with AI if, if in any way in the future? So, fam, I'll be using ChatGPT right now, boy. Um, I'll be using <laughs> ChatGPT. Bro, I can't even lie to you. During this thing, man was on ChatGPT. Because I'm, I'm starting to integrate ChatGPT into um, the workflow. 
in terms of generating content and stuff. I can't, I'm not lying to you, bro. Um, yeah, I'm starting to integrate ChatGPT into it. Um, I do recognize, especially creatively, there is a real shortcut um, that AI provides. Um, now with like copyright infringements and blah, 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 I don't need to do a Google search for a picture. I can just throw a prompt into AI and it will generate something unique for me. I enjoy creating visuals. And so I don't do that. But I do recognize that writing copy is something that I don't particularly like. So I, I can just farm that out. Um, but currently, it's still an experiment to see how it kind of works, how I can integrate it and stuff. But I am dipping into ChatGPT, particularly for um, business purposes. But I know Mandem who are getting ChatGPT to write their dissertations for them. <laughs> And it's, it's such a risk because ChatGPT doesn't have any any sense of, oh, I shouldn't take this from Wikipedia or mm. even try and provide like real sources. Like it can just create its own sources. It's kind of it's kind of silly. So. Question: Do you, with dissertations, do people actually go and check the sources that that you've put in your bibliography? They should. I think they uh, plagiarism stuff. Um, but I don't think, because, yeah, dissertations are like 15,000 words. A thesis, like a PhD thesis is 60,000 words. I think a master's dissertation is 15. Um, so, yeah, and you, you would have about four pages of... Um, bibliography. Bibliography. So that the average is for every thousand words at least five references mm-hmm. and so um uh, 15,000 you do the math um yeah so it would be give or take about 60 or something so yeah that's pages worth of um reference I don't think they're going to do that for every student for every mm-hmm. thing they just kind of slap it through the plagiarism thing and then they just read it but also if your teachers are on point more than likely, they would have come across some of these references as well. Yeah. And, and so they would be familiar with it. If you're producing any work that's going to be, you know, in a in, a, in an official document or anything, that's going to be seen and reviewed yeah. by others. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you don't want to eventually get called out for lying. Bro. But the man is too late, you would have made your millions already. Hey, yo, but they, they banned them. Do you know what? It was peak. I did an assignment. It was only like 5,000 words. I did an assignment and I quoted my lecturer's own work that she had published in the work, in my assignment. And the feedback I got back, I had used my lecturer's as, uh, words as an agreement for what I was saying. And my lecturer was like, I was actually disagreeing with that statement in my essay. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah, can she be called argued. me out. Like, no, I wrote it. You know, like that. I wrote it. it. I'm like, well, you didn't write it clearly enough, did you? you didn't <laughs> communicate. This is how you should have wrote, wrote it. But, um, have them docking docking points. Yeah. Uh, what about yeah. you? Sorry. What about you? I. So I think I'm. I'm quite particular about some of these things so even um something like uh i think they're called rhyming dictionaries or something like that mm, yeah where you can find rhymes you, you can literally look up a word find words wherever i don't allow myself to use that when i'm writing poetry like i i, I feel like it's i feel like it's cheating oh. and so i um yeah i i avoid that so i can't use chat gpt to generate anything of worth i i won't I won't feel like it's me. You know, I feel like it's, uh, yeah, I'm just, I guess, a purist like that. Um, where I have been using it is for like stuff like code suggestions and stuff like, because a lot of coding is what's the best way to do this. And someone's found that out, you know, and mm. a lot of coding is Stack Overflow. So <laughs> GPT just goes to look for Stack Overflow for me, as it were. Um, but yeah, it's that's sort of just been how I think I really um, hesitate to 
like farm out anything truly creative or truly an expression of anything I want to express to yeah. AI, to sort of just an amalgamation of existing um, IP. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable with presenting that as my own work. So, yeah, it, I, I, I do use it. I'm not scared of it as some are, um, and it, and it has some really good uses. It, it's very good at summarizing stuff, um, providing summaries of, um, you know, things that you actually can go and verify yourself. It's good at that, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm just. Yeah, not 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 as impressed, I guess. Mm. How about you, Robert? Um, every now and again, I just like just have conversations with ChatGPT. You feeling lonely? <laughs> no, I I just use it as a thing to just like bounce off ideas that I'm having with myself. It, it, it's it's like having like a soundboard that has the the whole internet mm. Um, mm. to play with, and so I put something in, and I'm like. Oh, but what if I did this? And give me something. Like, okay, but then what if I do this? <laughs> it's quite entertaining. Mm. Do you know what? Gems, gems, um, one night for Banner, she just she was asking, she was giving ChatGPT prompts to write poems and then reading to see like how good the poems would be and stuff. The poems are rubbish, mm. <laughs> absolute nonsense. For um, now, for now, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. You talk, I'll, I'll find this. How, how would you guys respond to someone who asserts that this whole AI move is in tandem with the mark of the beast? I'll say either they don't know their Bible, they don't know <laughs> AI, or they're just trying to be maliciously um, uh, misinforming. Because they're like, oh, yeah, because they're going to put the chip inside of you and that you're going to use that chip to buy stuff and then the chip's going to know everything that you're thinking and then, yeah, we're going to be part man, part part uh, Android, part iOS and then, yeah, we're just going to integrate with everything soon come. You're going to have to go to the gym and scan your eyeballs and stuff and then they're going to know all your information. Did they use a phone? <laughs> <laughs> I know people that cancel gym memberships because they needed to scan their palm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. not, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. Yeah. Anyway. So. Sorry. Reddit. You're going to say Reddit, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, so... he was showing a, a one image generator um, and the same prompt, but how a year um... of that image generator sort of being used shows yeah, that how few, quickly they learn. Yeah. It's really cool. Oh, sick. Yeah. Um, but I was going to ask, so with this whole Gen A thing, you know, so we are officially becoming the old era generation. Mm. Um, are you, well, 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 you're both parents right now, so you're probably going through this right now, but probably not as much because kids are still small but do you think you're going to find it more and more difficult to relate and talk to the younger generation in the way that maybe the older generation had trouble relating to us because we're from a different generation from them there's a I think a hubris that makes me think oh because I'm aware of the mistakes my parents made I won't make them uh, mm. someone said if history teaches us anything it is that we do not learn from history and so there's an awareness of that um but at the same time i i do find myself and, and mo you probably could speak to this more because you've got older kids um but i do find myself doing that mental check you know doing that mental check of did my my dad who was who is um he's 50 years older than me you know, did he have the same approach to this thing? You know, did my mum, who is 40 years older than me, have the same approach to this thing? And should I, should I be smarter? Should I, should I learn from that based off of my response to the same? So my mum was always like, oh, this music is demonic. 
these times I'm listening to Lecrae, I'm listening to Ambassador, but because she can't hear the words <laughs> because they're speaking too fast, she's like, it's demonic, you know, and takes that, takes that hard rights. stance, you know. And I was like, am I, you know, when I hear Baby Shark, <laughs> am I taking that same approach to it? And do I need to be more considerate of, nah, this is just your thing. And so I think it's, for me, it's it's more trying to be, trying to be cognizant of the fact that these things, a lot of these things aren't made for me. They're made for someone else. They're made for a younger generation. A younger generation will interact with it different, will, will get it different. And I think I just have to be, I think in being aware of that, I can then hopefully approach it that way. Not to say my way is better, but to mm. say, is there anything that you can learn from these ways of doing things or these ways of thinking that you can apply to this and hope that I'm able to make your know, breakthrough as it were. Yeah, I think definitely learning from the previous generation, um, definitely learning from the previous generation. Um, also recognizing that the human experience is the same, even if it's dressed differently even if it's presented differently, the human experience is still the same. We all get hungry, we all get sad, we all get lonely, we all get we all get happy, we all struggle with like similar issues. Even if it's um, we may be facing isolation because we were physically separated um, and we didn't have a means of communication, but they're now feeling isolated. And even though there's like group chats and Snapchats and blah, 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 they're still feeling that disconnect. Like isolation still remains a human experience. Um, and so the application of my solution may not be like immediately applicable to them within this presentation of the thing, but sometimes the lessons learned then almost provides like a foundation for them to build on. Um, what's it? Um, Khalil Gibran, the, the prophet, says with with our kids, we're not trying to we're not trying to make them us. We're not trying to just imp- like create clones of ourselves, but rather expend ourselves that they may go forward. And so, almost using our experiences and our knowledge as a platform for them to build on um so it, I, th- I feel like it definitely depends on the age at which your child is at but for, for like my eldest i do see my position more as an advisor or transitioning into an advisor where it's not so prescriptive is more so directional like these are the options that i see this is what you can do i want you to trust in like how you're going to build it yourselves but i'm here to like and as my children as a kid, I'm not gonna be. Adv- I'm not gonna say nah. It would be a good idea not to touch the fire. No, don't touch the fire. Like that's point blank. I'm gonna be a bit more directive. Um, but as they grow up, it transitions. The relationship transitions, um, and so yeah, just allowing them to see my humanity, areas that I have like struggled with. Blah blah blah. This and that and allowing them to draw lessons and inferences that may be applicable to them. Um, And I do feel like the key part to that, and it's definitely something that I am learning from the previous generations, both their successes and their failures, is establishing a wholesome relationship where my children feel comfortable to share stuff and where I am comfortable sharing stuff from my life. And allowing that, allowing that relationship to then be almost the, the soil from which they can then grow and they can build and they can kind of do their stuff. Because ultimately, they're going to live their life. I'm not going to live their life for them. They're going to live it. If they make a mistake, yes, I may be there to support, but ultimately the mistake is on their head. And if they succeed, yes, I'm going to be there to enjoy it with them, but ultimately that's their successes. So I do very much see it as, yo, I am here as a parent to love you, to, to provide the best foundation that I can and to support you and to provide as much information that I can. But ultimately this is your life and I want you to live it. And so, yeah, I do feel like I am able to, to connect, but I'm not going to be naive and say, yeah, no, man ain't going to make them mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But 
it's definitely a case of seeing my role slightly differently from what I perceive the previous generation seeing their role as. Um, and so, yeah, very much learning from them while I was also leaning on God to be like, yo, how have you shaped me? How have you shaped me to lead the family that you've called me to lead and stuff like that? Um, so, yeah, I am hoping, and I mean with, with my eldest, it's been hard, but we are in a very good place at the moment. Um, very good place at the moment. And just like listening, blah, 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 building the same as the youngest two um, and just really hoping that like, yo, we can, we can be open about everything um, as much as possible. I feel like it's that, um, yeah, freedom has boundaries. Freedom has boundaries. Um, and I say that to say I'm giving them freedom, but still affording them an insight as to the boundaries around it um, to hopefully kind of shape that for them. Um, yeah. So I am hoping that, yeah, I don't, I don't kind of fall down the same spirals that I see the previous generation doing. I say previous generation loosely because there are some parents who didn't fall into the same, same pitfalls as others. Um, but my experience for the most part has been more prescriptive than directive than advisory um so yeah Yeah. and i think sometimes that can stem from i think a miss miss uh, a misuse of this idea there's a there's a a saying in chi that which means everyone's been a kid before but not everyone's been an adult before and I think sometimes that get misused because where I do agree uh, more with the idea that you know the the human experience can be the same you know there's isolation then there's isolation now there's hunger then there's hunger now however I think there are sometimes things that stem off of that for instance hunger now versus hunger then then I had to go and then find something to eat like literally I'm going to find something to eat meant I was going to find something to eat whether that be cooking it, whether that be, you know, like going to find something, hunt, gather something that you can eat. Whereas catching now it's, chicken. Now it's like, you know, catching it with chicken. No? They're unripe, they're unripe mangoes. Um, wow. Now it's just eat, you know, or yeah. it's delivery. Yeah. And there, there's one aspect of things where there was built in delayed gratification, which meant discipline, which meant patience, which meant resilience. Whereas now there is this instant gratification, which is, you know, it it makes people very impatient. They lack Mm -hmm. resilience, you know, they they break down in the slightest hurdle, you know, and and have no discipline. And so I think there's, there's a danger that I, especially our parents made, I think that comes from thinking that just because it's the same experiences, they were the same circumstances. They they really yeah. aren't. And I think if we if we when we ignore that, we end up doing exactly what our parents or some mm. of our parents did. My parents my parents still do. Um <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah. that needs to be very carefully considered as well. Cool. Alright, I think that's a nice place to round up. AI see you in the future. Are you guys going to be watching Coronation? Nope. So my daughter wants to watch it. And so I've told her if you want to watch it, that's fine. Um, So yeah, I may may be floating in the background as well um, as she's watching it. Um, But but she did say, yeah, I'm going to watch it, but if I get bored, I'll just turn it off. It's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Simple. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, well, do I even have Sky? Facts. Oh, yeah, YouTube. I'm sure they're going to be streaming uh, it. It's not on BBC. I'm he, hasn't BBC. Got, he hasn't got TV like that. I'm only got Netflix and YouTube. I've got a TV, yeah. but I'm only got Netflix and YouTube. When I, I saw... Netflix and hey, YouTube. Bro, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that off, off the thing, bro. <laughs> You've got a web browser, right? Um, yeah. So you can watch it if you want to. I don't know why I'm making Bro, an argument. We'll, we'll, I think that I'm not even we'll going to watch. The, yeah, we'll but chop yeah, up the yeah. thing off. off, Sorry. off. Sorry. Anyway. Live. 
Oh, my head is feeling boozy. Um, is that good, good food when your body, your body got given good food, and now it's it's, it's experiencing euphoria? I need to have the evidence before Andrea comes home. <laughs> I mean, she's gonna go into the fridge. She's gonna say, "See in the fridge that something's short." She won't. She won't. All right, hookups, 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 hookups. Oh, hookups! Yeah. Can I go first? Yeah. And can I be cheeky and give two hookups? One's a negative hookup, so it balances out. Okay. <laughs> My negative hookup is: do not, under any circumstances, for any reason, for any given period of time, watch once and always Power Rangers movie. It's 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 <laughs> it's no no. It's the reverse of art. It's a waste of life. Don't do it. The opposite is because I've had my life threatened by tonsillitis. I'm now on medication. And I've got an app that like is very useful for tracking, taking your medication. Okay. So um, I it's called MediSafe. Um, and basically, if you've got to take... So I've got to take antibiotics like every six hours. Um, you just set what dosage you've got to take and it gives you nice reminders and you can track and make sure you're taking it. If you take it at a wrong time or a different time, you can put that in and then you can easily sort of stagger the rest of the day mm. accordingly. Oh. So MediSafe is my hookup and don't watch the new powering just once and always. It's my next hookup. Moses? Um, I... Decided to change my hookup, so go for it. Okay. Uh, my hookup is a song. Let me find it. I don't know how much Peter would approve, to be honest. I don't. I mean, if you have to think that, then I don't approve. <laughs> Where's it been? Uh, actually, no, I've changed my mind. I'm not hooked up. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I can just be a bit more wholesome. Let's be a bit more wholesome. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will uh, hook up another song, gospel song. It's called Fresh Wind. It's by Ill Hillsong. It's by Hillsong. Ill Hillsong. Yeah, Hillsong, Fresh Wind. It's a vibe. Gonna try and bring it to church. Well, I, I brought the chorus to church one time, but I need to get the verses in this this time. Oh, speaking of which, um, we had a conference these past few days um, at work. And so, like, I had live band, everything. It was in the, in the Royal Albert Hall. And then, so we were singing Waymaker. And then who would be in the crown but, um, but Sinatch? Is that how, how do you say her name? Sinatch, yeah. Sinatch. So, yeah. so she was in the audience. She was in the audience? Then, yeah. Wow. And so she went on stage and sang the song with them. Come on now. That was sick. That's a flex, though. <laughs> you're going to sing my song, I'm going to come up there and sing it right. Uh, <laughs> Which means they got um, her to perform for free. Yeah. Uh, well, she, she, she wasn't performing. She paid to she be there. She paid to perform. <laughs> oh, she paid so to perform. When we, come off, when we come off this thing, man's got a couple couple comments on that one still. But yeah. Um, <laughs> my my hookup is an album called um, Black Radio 3. Robert Glasper. Robert Glasper, Black Radio Sorry. 3. Um, that's that's my hookup. Yeah. I still have a few songs from Black Radio that comes in my workout playlist. Well, I, I stand alone. Know. Isn't he the guy? Is he? Did he, did, did he pass away? No, I don't think so. He's super he's young. Mm, so he's super young. But he's not dead. I don't think. Okay, I'm probably thinking about someone else though. I don't know who I'm thinking about. Anyway, no. Yeah, he's still me. alive. Yeah, only forty-five. So who's the other guy? I have to find him because he's going to name me now. Well, anyway, dead done. Shout out Rude for the intro outro music. Calvin Turner on the Amazon logo. Twitter at, at French UK. Email at Furnace. 
Instagram. No. I lost it. Yeah. Ben Coon is real. is hitting him. Twitter at Defenders UK, Instagram at TBS Furnace, email tbsfurnacehotmail.com, soundcloud.com forward slash the backwards furnace, no apostrophe, on all good podcast web, on all good pod, <laughs> on all good podcast websites and apps, the Blacksmith Furnace, web and apostrophe, and that's it. So this is the Blacksmith Furnace signing out. Blah.